Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour Voices, a special series on the Mom Hour showcasing diverse voices from across the motherhood community. I'm Sarah Powers, and today I'm here with Joanna Martin from our contributor team, who is a mom of three from the Dallas area. Hey, Joanna. Hey. So I'm really excited for today's episode because we're talking all about Halloween, and I'm hoping we can kind of give moms permission today to either go all out for this holiday or scale way back and keep it simple or something in between, whatever works for moms listening this year. So in just a minute, I'm actually going to turn the bus driver role, as we call it here, over to you, Joanna, and you're going to interview me about how big or simple we've done our Halloweens over the years in the Powers House. And then a little later in the show, I'm chatting with Diane Bowden, who hosts the Minimalist Moms podcast, about how she brings her more minimalist, simple living point of view to this holiday, which, you know, Halloween is not on paper a super minimalist time. So that's going to be a great conversation. Joanna, before I actually turn this thing over to you, will you remind everybody how old your kids are? And I'm curious if they have started getting excited for Halloween already. Like, are there costume discussions happening? What's going on over there? Yes. So my kids are eight, six, and three. So I have a third grader, first grader, and um, uh, one in day school, preschool. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, we've been talking about Halloween since maybe July. And and Halloween costumes and what we want to be and changing our minds. Although for the last month or so, they've been pretty set on what they want to be. But yeah, we are prime time for holiday Halloween. I always remember those catalogs would start arriving in like August about and that would really ramp it up. So are you able to reveal costume choices or will that be a surprise for the Internet? Um, Yeah, I think. I think I can reveal them. Um, My oldest, Madeline, is very into Harry Potter right now. Harry Potter, everything. We are actually reading through the series together because I've never read it. 
Um, and so we're reading through it together for the first time. So she is going to be, she's, she says a general Hogwarts student. Oh, I like it. Um, but I don't know if she's actually going to be Hermione. Okay. Um, and then my middle is either going to be a Hogwarts student or um, Gwen from Spider-Man and his amazing friends, the little cartoon on okay. Disney don't Plus. Know that one. Okay. She's like the ghost spider. She's okay. white and pink. Um, she is undecided at the moment, but we need to lock that down pretty sure. soon. And then my youngest, he is going to be Spider-Man. Okay. And that's pretty much what he wears all the time anyway. Right. So it's just going to be another normal day for him. Another day in the life of a three-year-old. I love it. Um, all right. Well, this bus is yours, Joanna. I'm really excited to uh, answer your questions for me. All right. I'm so excited. Um, so let's go ahead and start by giving everybody a bit of background on how you grew up celebrating Halloween. Like what what have you acquired from your family of origin? Was it a big holiday? Just another day? Notable traditions? How how did Sarah come mm-hmm. to appreciate Halloween? <laughs> so I was a child in the mid 80s. Well, I was born in 1980. So we're talking mid 80s to early 90s is probably prime Halloween years, just for reference of those listening. I do think it was, it's going to sound so cheesy, but it was a little bit of a simpler time. So I remember choosing a costume. Um, I remember honestly shopping the dress up bin or like pulling together things that we had, or maybe buying like a cheap witch's hat um, and then wearing all black. It was pretty simple. Um, Store-bought costumes were either that like Maybe you'd get them at like the drugstore or something, the really cheap, or we would just come up with something. And my mom was not like crafty sewy, but we would just we'd just figure it out. And I was the most generic. I was like princess, witch, baby, cat, like just pretty generic. Um, and I remember Halloween parade at school. That was always really fun. Wearing a costume to school was very fun. Halloween party at school and then trick or treating that night on Halloween um, that we would sometimes go to another neighborhood a little, just like a mile away where a lot of kids would go. And that was, that was the extent of seeking out fun. Um, I don't remember a lot of like other Halloween season activities like pumpkin patches, like crafts and baking leading up to, it's possible there was some of that. And when I say I don't remember it, I don't remember it, it existing for anybody, let alone my family. So it was very much the excitement of dressing up on Halloween to go to school and to go trick or treating. And then, yeah, a ton of candy. And that was really fun. So it feel that feels nostalgically simple uh, in my mind now. And anytime I talk about like memories of my childhood, it's like, well, is that really how it was? Like that's I'm sticking with what I remember for right now. Yeah. So this is actually not a question that um, I had prepared, but do you have like a favorite Halloween costume memory of one year where you were so excited to dress up as something? Well, so I'll answer that in two ways. The The first way I don't actually remember, but there's photographic evidence because I was really little and it was a store-bought costume and I was a cookie monster. And so I was really little, probably I have a February birthday. So I'm going to guess I was like two and a half coming up on three. And then what I didn't understand um, was that you got to pick a new costume every year. So I was very excited to wear the exact same cookie monster costume every year, probably for three years in a row. And that's the story I remember is my mom was probably like, now what are you going to be this year? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, 
I'm Cookie Monster. That's what I am. For Cookie Halloween. Monster yeah. for the rest of my life. <laughs> right. So I, I must have been very attached to that costume because I wanted to be it over and over again. Um, and then I have another memory of probably fourth grade. Four, I, I'm going to say fourth grade, maybe fifth of like being some kind of like a punk rock star, which I didn't really even know what that meant. But this would have been circa 89, 90. So there was a lot of like iridescent eyeshadow and probably as like a, a tween, like entering tween years of that very innocent sense of like, I'm going to dress up like edgier, which of course meant like a side ponytail and some iridescent eyeshadow and like just putting together kind of a crazy outfit. So uh, that one sticks out as I think I thought it was really cool and a little grown up. That's awesome. So now as a parent, um, how have you and your nuclear family approached Halloween, especially in the first few years of parenting? Did you feel like you found your footing as a Halloween parent right away? Did it take a while? Um, Yeah, I I lucked into a group of mom friends and we had babies all the same age. And so I do feel like right away we were like, okay, how do you celebrate Halloween with babies? Like we knew about trick or treating, but like we have six month olds. Um, my first mom's group, all our babies are born in like April and May. So we're like, what do we do with these little blobs? And we started a tradition of doing a Saturday morning breakfast potluck at a park. Um, I was living in Arizona. It's very, still very hot in October. So we would do like 9am before it got super hot and the kids would come in their costumes and we would just do one of those picnic areas at the playground. And it gave us an opportunity to get the kids really dressed up, like take all the cute pictures. I have so many cute pictures from those gatherings and kind of like as moms appreciate each other's efforts, like because the kids don't Mm -hmm. care as much. And it's like, oh, my gosh. And we just admire. And um, we did that for, you know, several years. And the kids did get to the age where they enjoyed trick or treating by the time they were you know, two, three, four, we were also doing that, but it really provided, um, a, a morning time activity where we felt like we could be festive, even though our kids weren't ready to, um, trick or treat yet. So I do feel like I really lucked into that approach early on. Um, and then as we'll talk about, like throughout the episode, it just kind of keeps evolving. So Yes, I found my footing and I right away really enjoyed sweet little Halloween traditions. But I do feel like every few years it kind of shifted a little. I remember when I started having school aged kids, the events at school felt like they made Halloween like kind of a like an extended period of time. Maybe there was like a classroom party. Maybe there was a parade. Maybe um, we went to one school where there was the PTA like fundraising carnival was like purposefully the weekend before Halloween. And that had bake sale and costume um, contests and things too. So I, I remember just that like increase in busyness that it's like, okay, now it's not just what plans we want to do as a family, but like there's all of these other things that are happening and that, and that took a while to get used to. So um, I guess always, always adjusting. Um, but I do have very sweet memories of those first few years. See, I feel like I'm in that phase right now of two of my kids being in elementary school and one being in preschool, but everything revolves around the elementary school and yeah. the trunk or treat and oh, the, yeah. the party and the wearing your costume to school. And it's, it's, I feel like Halloween becomes a two week process right now. It really does. That's why I'm glad we're talking about this idea of like going big or keeping it simple. 
because I think it's, it ebbs and flows over time. And, um, there just might be a season of life where it just does feel like this is, this is all a lot. And there are strategies to scale back and to not get overcommitted, but also it will solve itself in a few years. Like my two middle schoolers, I don't know, they still want to go, um, trick or treating. They want candy. They will dress up, but I don't imagine I will be baking anything for a bake sale or, you know, volunteering for a classroom thing. So that season, you know, that will pass too. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay. Well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as forever chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, now that you're 14 years into Halloween parenting, what are some of the Halloween family traditions that have stuck for you guys? Um, This was so much fun to think about because, like I said before the break, there's lots that ebbs and flows and changes, but there are some things that are just have stuck around. Um, And yeah, this will be, I think, my 15th Halloween since I have a 14 and a half year old. That's amazing. Um, so here are a few that we love. Um, picture books and books in general are just a really important way for me to mark seasons and holidays. And so we have a really good collection of, uh, I'm going to say really good. 
I don't think it's really good. We have a sizable collection of Halloween picture books. Some of them are a little corny or cheesy things we've like, you know, picked up over the years, but getting them out is really exciting. And I will often get the bins out and both. I do this at Halloween and Christmas. I let the kids get the books out before anything else. Um, so it makes like getting the books out almost feel like the first thing that we pull out from a, a holiday decor bin. Um, I love that. Yeah. And there's one picture book in particular that uh, called Pumpkin Soup um, by I will link it up in the show notes. It's Helen. Oh my gosh, I was not prepared with her last name, but we have had the Pumpkin Soup book uh, for a, over a decade, probably. And we read it at the beginning of the season, probably early October. And then we always plan an evening where we make, we call it pumpkin soup, but it's actually a butternut squash soup recipe. I've talked about it on the podcast before, and I can link up the recipe and the book, but it's just like a food and book pairing that now the kids still look forward to that. It's really simple. And that can be done for us anytime in October. Even, I mean, the weather's not even cool here yet, but we just, you know, we just do it. Um, Pumpkin patch was always kind of like something to look forward to. I will say I tried to limit it to like one pumpkin patch visit per season um, because there's so many opportunities to go do that kind of thing. But always a trip to the pumpkin patch. Um, We still do trick or treating on Halloween itself in our area. um, Well, actually, I've lived in three different areas. We've always done trick or treating on the night of Halloween. I just saw a conversation. I don't know if you saw this, Joanna, in our Facebook group of people talking about towns doing it like the Saturday before or the weekend before, but I have never lived anywhere like that. So for us, it's always on Halloween. Is that what, how it is for you? Same. Yeah. Same. We always do Halloween. We actually live, um, our street in our neighborhood has the most kids in our neighborhood. And so trick or treating kind of centers around this area. Um, I, what was it? What day was it on last year? Because I do remember this coming up in like our neighborhood yeah. Facebook group as a debate of are we actually going to go on the night of or are we right. going on a I different think night? Last year, this I know this year coming up, it's on a Monday. So it probably was a Sunday because I don't think we had yeah. a leap year. Yeah. And I, I remember that coming up and unanimously everybody said, no, we're doing this on actual like don't make it more confusing than yeah. it needs to be. Just just go. To, We'll just cut it off early and yeah. and go to bed. So, yeah, it's always on Halloween. Yeah, I, I think it's simpler, too. Um, but our it's... school's trunk or treat is usually a couple days before. OK, yeah. OK. Not on Halloween. So that is obviously like a, a, a main tradition just to do the trick or treating. Often we have had um, out of town visiting family because my husband's birthday is the 30th, the day before Halloween. And his mom likes to visit that time of year. Um, and when we were living not in the same town as my parents, sometimes they'd come down. So I think in terms of like a ritual or a tradition, my kids remember a lot of years trick or treating with like a special visiting grandparent, which is kind of fun too. just more, more people to, you know, impress with the costumes and just feel like it's festive. Um, we do carve pumpkins. I'm going to get into that a little bit later because it is always hard to schedule around a birthday. That's the day before Halloween. Um, but as yeah. part of that tradition, I usually try to make pumpkin seeds and I know you do too. Don't you have a go-to recipe? Yes, I do. Um, it's a, it's on my Instagram and, right. um, I, I usually post it every year, but yes, my mom always roasted pumpkin seeds growing up and yeah. So we always do too. And I usually do it with the everything but the bagel seasoning from Trader okay. Joe's. Yum. And it's perfect. Last year I did brown sugar and cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Also good. I have done some sweet um, ones. Yep. Yeah. But that is, I mean, that is the best part about 
carving a pumpkin. I, I <laughs> in <agree>. my opinion, <laughs> I agree. I think they're delicious. I am really inconsistent with how mine turn out. So we'll have to like get your tips, not the flavor component, but actually the crispiness, the crispiness and not yeah. getting that chewy fibrousness. And I, it's like right. some years they're so perfect and other years they're not. And I mean, I don't know if it's something I'm doing or maybe it's like literally the pumpkins themselves. I don't know. So that's the only wild card is sometimes I feel like I put a lot of work into it. And then I'm like, why aren't these good? And it good? doesn't turn out. Yeah. 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 I, I, I've had that too. Um, last year I tried like boiling them and drying them out and then roasting them. This year I have an air fryer. Oh. And so I'm going to see okay. maybe if I can figure out an air fryer situation for them because everything gets so crispy in there. And yeah. I, I'm kind of wondering if it'll air, like dry them out more. Yeah. Um, so All right. keep, we'll keep you us, updated. Yeah. Keep us posted on that and we will make sure people know where to find you on your Insta. Um, and then the last thing I was going to say in terms of like just little moments that feel like they repeat themselves every season. I was just reflecting that it's really sweet that my kids, they not only know their favorite candy to like dig into after trick or treating, they also know each other's favorite candies and the favorite candies of like Brian and me and then their their grandparents. And it's really cute to see them go through and be like, oh, I've got Kit Kats for more, more like, oh, I know grandpa loves these. So it's just that's kind of like there's so much gimme and like potential greediness that comes along with Halloween and the holiday season that I think any little um, moment like that where you see your kids thinking about one another and other people I cling to as a mom. Yeah. yeah that's nice. So I have to ask, what, what is your favorite? Halloween candy. You know what? I am a plain m M&M. and I love plain M&Ms. It's so it's my movie candy. It's my Solid. I also love peanut butter M&Ms. Those are like really my favorite, but those don't show up in trick or treat bags usually. So right, I will take right. all your plain M&Ms. Um, we all love Reese's and Reese's pieces and peanut butter cups. That's like a I think everyone in my family will go for those. Um, but my mom loves Kit Kats and that's kind of like a really specific one to love. So they really remember that and like save her, you know, a few Kit Kats. So it's cute. Yeah. I see. I like Twizzlers. Okay. Which I know is not a popular candy. No, that's okay. That's what my my mother-in-law who's often visiting. She's a Red Vines and Twizzlers. I can't remember which one she prefers, but either both, all of it. Yeah. When in the Halloween candy, you get the pull and peel ones Mm -hmm. and (laughs) that you can't get those anywhere else. So my kids all know that. And they give me their waxy Twizzlers candy. I love it. Um, so thinking back, and when you were a mom of littles, is there anything that you would tell your past self, like you wish you had scaled back on or kept yeah. more simple or not done at all? Okay. Well, I want to talk about pumpkin carving again and the pumpkin seeds because it is, it's like it appeared in both. It is a sweet tradition that I'm glad we do every year, but it has been really challenging over time to, to watch it scale with my children. And, and here's why. So first of all, my husband's birthday is October 30th and finding, and I've lived in hot weather places. So you can't carve pumpkins too far before Halloween because they will, as you know, as a Texan, they will mush on your porch. So you're looking at one to two days prior or day of, well, day of is really busy. If it's a school day or whatever day before is Brian's birthday. And often that's when we do it. And my husband ends up carving pumpkins on his birthday. He's a great sport about it. But complicating this is the fact that he's, uh, he was an art major and is really, really good at this type of anything. He's good at drawing. He's good at creating and building. And so he, the, this has crept into a thing where it's not just, we're carving some pumpkins. It's like, 
we are printing off from the internet the most elaborate like thing that we want to carve into our pumpkin. It's almost as involved as choosing a costume, Joanna. It's like, what's my pumpkin going to look like this year? And while when they were little, it did start, it started as, okay, each kid gets a pumpkin and Brian will help them carve it into a face that they want. And so this is more about how it crept and maybe less about like never starting it at all. But I actually kind of wish that what we'd done is like a family pumpkin, like one big pumpkin that Brian could get artistic with. And then oh, each of you guys yeah. do a pumpkin. Well, okay. I thought kids. you were saying you did a, no, oh, that's each a lot of, of the, it's a lot of pumpkins, each of the three kids. So I wish we do a family pumpkin. Yeah. But so, I've, we've never done individual pumpkins for our kids. Yeah. So highly recommend your approach. Um, even if you don't have a like fancy husband and a fancy husband birthday. Um, but that has just made it extra, um, complicated. And I do wish, I think one family pumpkin would have been a fun project. Plus he's the one doing all that fine work. And so like, then he's got to do it three times. And then the better he gets at it, the more like they're, you know, getting more elaborate in their choices. And so, you know, I think I wish that we, I would have created a tradition that, um, sort of like allowed us to do that, but in a more scaled back way, they are old enough now to wield most of their own sharp tools. Um, so we're, we're exiting maybe the highest degree of difficulty of that phase, but looking back, that's, that's the thing I wish I would have set a different precedent for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, we do one family pumpkin and, um, a couple things. So we we've talked before about how our husbands seem to be really similar and this is something that they are not similar on. Um, (laughs) which it's funny because it's become a tradition for us the past couple of years for Eric to, he does some woodworking as a hobby. And, um, it was, I think it was 2020 that he just could not, I got a white pumpkin and they're super hard. The, the rind on the outside is super hard and like woody. I've never, and so he got, he got his saw, like his like electric Uh saw out and (laughs) carved the top off and kind of hacked up our pumpkin. Um, but it was great. It was simple. You know, it had little triangle eyes yeah. and triangle nose and everything. But it's kind of become a tradition that he's like, that was actually really effective. I'm going to yeah. saw apart our pumpkin every year. I um, love it. And two, if if for little, little kids, I've always painted pumpkins yes. with the kids. So I would get them like a little one, like one of those pumpkin pie pumpkins, and they would paint their jack-o'-lantern. Yep. And I mean, my, my eight-year-old might want to have more input on carving a pumpkin this year, but if, if she'll hang on for another yeah. year to just painting a pumpkin, I'm, I'm going to hang on to that one as long as I can. Yeah. And this is like one of those where I can speak to the moms whose kids are even younger than yours and just say like, you've got lots of time to like get fancy with the carving. So when, when they are little doing one or just saying like we do the triangle eyes, nose and the jagged mouth like that's what that's what we do we can like admire the fancy pumpkins but yeah there's just a limited amount of time to carve and it has even though it's a sweet tradition it definitely there have been times each year when I'm like ah when are we gonna do this it makes a mess you're cleaning up it's not that I don't want to it's like that it it seems to have to fit into a very busy few days So now what is something you wish you had done as a mom of littles for Halloween that you think would have been a memory worth making or a tradition you wish you had started or that you want to start now? Yeah, I loved this question. Um, And 
I'm a big fan of like the lazy genius, like decide once kind of thing. And I think it can work. That's that's Kendra Adachi for anybody who doesn't know. Um, But deciding once is a great way to start, not just to start a tradition, but also to start a tradition that sort of like makes your life easier as a mom. And I think what would have been really fun that I never did is deciding once what we have for dinner on Halloween itself, like before trick or treating. And, you know, a crock pot chili is a really common one. And there are some other like or it's maybe it's order a pizza. I don't think there's a right thing to decide for your family. Um, But the cool thing about having older kids is my kids really now appreciate food based traditions, a lot of which just developed because I was trying to survive and like trying to figure out what to have for dinner when all these other things were going on. So if I'd been a like, if I had thought ahead, I would have loved to have choose a special Halloween night pre trick or treating or post trick or treating. I guess you could come home and eat a later dinner too. Um, and then every single year I would have decided once it would have kept my planning and shopping and all that other mental load really simple during a week that's already crazy. But it's not just about making my life easier. I do think kids really start to appreciate those like repeated things, um, especially as they get older. So right now we have we have no standard. We have no decide once for dinner. It kind of depends on like I don't know who, who we're with and, um, what we're doing and everyone manages to get fed, but I think that would have been a fun one. Yeah. We started, we did chili for a couple of years and then I realized my kids don't like chili. Um, and so they weren't eating anything. They were just eating the cornbread and their candy, which is also fine. Yeah. Um, and last year we had a bunch of people over and we made a big pot of gumbo mm. and that actually was great. And everybody ate and we still had like cornbread and rice and things for the kids on the side. Yeah. But there was just enough for everybody to like something. And yeah. we're big proponents of eating before. Yeah. We so usually melts do down. Yeah. After. Yeah. So, yeah. So what is something that you said you would never do at Halloween <laughs> before becoming a parent? Because before you had kids, you knew everything. You the we perfect everything. parent. Yeah. Um, but now, now you really know. <laughs> Oh, well, this is something I probably said I'd never do even when I had small children. Um, And that is let my yard and my porch become basically like a haunted house, like look like a section of Home Depot or Michaels or something with like things that light up. And I'm talking about the scary kind of gross stuff. When I had small children Um, my oldest was really terrified of that kind of stuff for a very long time. I think a lot of, a lot of two and three year olds are feel frightened by like talking skeletons and stuff. It can be a really scary time. I was extra aware. Jump out at you. Some of them do. I was at home Depot. I actually, it's funny. I bought skeletons today, (laughs) um, for around our fire pit. I've wanted like life-size skeletons to like be sitting around our fire pit. (laughs) Um, and I bought them today, but I, there were some that were like animated and like making movements and they were freaky. I know. So I was extra probably judgy about that because my first child was kind of traumatized. So I really was like in my house, Halloween decor is like harvest, you know, like pumpkins. But really, I almost didn't want anything to do with decor that was Halloween specific. I kind of wanted it to be fall harvest transition right into Thanksgiving And I still, if I didn't have children, would probably prefer that. But something happened probably pandemic years 
living in, when we were in Orange County, we lived in a neighborhood with a lot of people who did really fun stuff um, for Halloween. And it was a little bit of like a creep year after year of like, okay, now we have a skeleton who sits on our front porch. And now we have this like creepy looking giant spider. And now this, and I kind of gave up with the outdoor decorations. I mean, honestly, the kids love it. They love it. And it's not, we don't have anything that is so gory. Like a, like a, I was going to say a head hanging. I'm like, maybe we do actually have a head that hangs. I have to check the bins, but it has gotten a little more, um, a little scarier, a little spookier, and definitely more of that true Halloween, um, decor in the front yard in ways I thought I would never go for inside. I'm like retaining a, a little bit, but I do, I have some skulls and we have some black and orange and stuff like that. So that is something I I didn't think I was going to go for, but you know, when their enthusiasm catches on and then they're working on it together and now our skeleton has a name and it's just becomes part of the fun, even for, even for naysaying me. And that's like the stuff of core memory. Yeah. It's like all coming together as a family and you're all compromising and, you know, having fun with that. Funny. We actually live across the street from, um, these neighbors are the sweetest people. They're an older couple with like adult children. Okay. And um, the first year we lived in our house, we just saw this like fence go up on October 1st. And every day during October, they add something to their yard oh. and they make a haunted <gasps> house yard. Um, they're also very quiet people. I did That's not so expect them to do this. And they um, they put all of this like and it. It's just creepy enough and right. they have some like dry ice machines that like do fog and stuff um and they don't like pop out at the kids or scare yeah. them when they walk up to the door but there is like um they had one of the when the pandemic like 2020 they had somebody in um a plague mask in their uh-huh. yard and they have a couple skeletons they have a couple witches um and then november 1st happens and it's all gone Oh my god! It's all like it's all completely cleaned up. Those are like perfect neighbors, done. kind of. I also feel like if you yeah. had kids who got easily spooked, seeing it added in the light of day as the month went on would actually be kind of reassuring. Like that's a good way to be like, yeah. it's just pretend. See what they did today. It's like when you're out trick or treating and it's an unfamiliar house and something like drops down and music plays and whatever. I have right. I really understand how that's fun for some people to get into. It's just you know it can be hard to navigate when you have kids who are spooked. Absolutely. Um, so how are you seeing Halloween morph now as you have kids in middle school and teenagers? And do you remember how you felt about Halloween as a teenager? Yeah, these are, these are different times. So I, looking back, I remember a few years where I didn't go trick or treating. I don't remember what I did, but I'm going to say like seventh and eighth and maybe even ninth grade, not really dressing up. And then I remember this year I was in 10th grade. So I was 15, almost 16 and just deciding we needed one last hurrah of trick or treating. So two girlfriends and I, and our friend who's a guy, um, cobbled together costumes. Like I think we went to the thrift store and I just remember it being so innocently fun in a very different way. We were really experimenting with hair and makeup. And I think we were like fairies or something very like hippie. Like, I don't even know what we were, but there was a lot of thrift store purchases and like cool makeup and hair. And we went around this neighborhood and we kind of got a kick out of the fact that people thought we were a bit too old. Like that was kind of funny. That was part of it. So I don't know. Megan has this beautiful essay that we share every year that I'll link in the show notes about 
trick-or-treating teenagers and how they get a bad rap. And until it's like your teenager, like out there, like innocently asking for candy with everything else teenagers have to deal with and all the pressures on them, I think it's really easy to sort of judge or be like they weren't polite or they came late and they banged on the door. I just have such an empathy now for um, parents of teenagers having become one. So trying to like remember that that um, feeling of like excitement, even though it was a different kind of excitement than when I was a little kid um, uh, on the on the not so fun side. I'm it is becoming a struggle to keep all of my children home on Halloween without making other plans with their friends and having endured a pandemic and a pandemic move. I really want to support you know, safe, fun, social gatherings. And so on the one hand, I'm, I'm excited for them if they make plans with a group of friends or get invited to, um, a gathering or a party, but I really am not looking forward to driving around on Halloween night. We live in a, in a like semi-rural area, kind of on the edge of town. And my kids' friends live anywhere from most of them live 10 or 15 minutes away. And it's just like, I mean, everything we've been talking about, the carving the pumpkin, the making the chili, the having a cocktail and walking around the neighborhood. Like, I don't want to get in my car and be driving kids around between 6 and 10 p.m. on Halloween night. And yet, Joanna, I fear that is just what I might be doing the next few years. Yeah. So that's good. And the other thing about these ages is they don't they're not very good at making plans ahead of time. And, you know, like I I am usually like the day of. Yeah. It's like or I think this is happening. I think so. And so I think we're going to go trick or treating in so and so's neighborhood. I'm like, well, could you nail that down? Like what time are the parents going to be there? Like we need I need to be able to like plan the rest of our night around this. So last year, actually, um, when my oldest was 13, I just declared I was like this year we are staying in our neighborhood for Halloween. And, um, that was well received. I don't think I can keep declaring that because I really do want to nurture the friendships and just accept that this is the, the stage of life we're in. So, um, one more thing that's changing that I think is really cool is, um, the crafts that the bigger kids are interested in and can do. And like, we'll go on Pinterest or go like see something on TikTok and be like, Ooh, let's bake this or let's make this. And so they really do become part of the magic making in that way. And they can actually participate and help. And so we've done um, little crafts over the years. We did a cool one with um, nail polish, dipping mini pumpkins in nail polish. Have you ever seen that oh, one? Cool. No, I did some, I, I think I have some video cause I think I maybe made a little social video or something about it. So I'll dig that up for the show notes too. This is not a craft you would do with five and six year olds. It's, it includes no. like nail polish. It's like, <laughs> It's kind of messy, but they look so cool. So being able to do more advanced um, crafts and baking and stuff and having the the kids lead the way on that is really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I going back to Megan's essay about yeah. teens trick or treating. I love that blog post and I've yeah. shared it before. Um, we live like I said, we have a lot of kids in our neighborhood, but we actually live walking distance from the high school our okay. local high school. And um I mean, there are always teenagers out on yeah. Halloween and it's funny last year we got this idea from our trunk or treat at school was to have just little water bottles. They're always a hit at <laughs> trick or treating and it, you wouldn't think that, I love it. um, but it's because they're all pounding candy and so much sugar that when you're like, do you want a water? And all these kids are like, yes, please. Um, but it's the teenagers that like yeah. cleared us out last year. They were like, no, we want, we want your little tiny Ozarkas. Um, but I'm just so happy to see them, I don't know, 
hanging on to a yeah. little bit of childhood for I a little agree. bit longer. I agree. And, and I, I think I used yeah. to like, I used to probably have some judgments about, well, that's fine that they're out, but like, do they have to be rude or they're like, they're not polite. And I just, I admit my own kind of like naivete or, you know, maybe judgy side from way back when, because like, we wouldn't really think that of a three or four year old, if a, a shy three or four year old, like didn't say thank you, or like, didn't make eye contact, like we understand it's developmentally appropriate. It's also developmentally appropriate for teenagers to act like jerks part of the time. And I'm not excusing, yep. I'm not excusing like illegal or like egregious behavior by any means. Like, I don't think anybody should put up with having like their plants intentionally trampled or anything like that. I'm just saying that they may present as awkward or even rude. And I still think there's a place for trick-or-treating teenagers, even, even if their behavior on the outside isn't what you would hope because they are developing people. I agree. I agree. Um, so something that I have started doing the last few years when it comes to holidays, um, I love having traditions that are just for me mm-hmm. that, I mean, I don't even tell my family about them sometimes. I'm just doing them yeah. on my own and they keep me motivated mm-hmm. and they like, they feel like self care. And, um, like for, uh, Christmas, I always watch the family stone and address our Christmas cards, but no, nobody really knows that, um, right. for Halloween and like October, November, I always buy the same candle from target, Aww, the bourbon, it. it's the bourbon pumpkin candle. It just smells like like fall and like nobody, nobody else in my family really notices these things or, or needs to notice them because they're just for me and they're just kind of, they're helping me get through the, the crazy of it all. So do you have anything like that? Um, well, I fully support this because I do think that, uh, especially a holiday like Halloween can become very much about the kids. And so I think all moms should have a couple of things that if they feel fun, um, are just for them. So I love this. The first thing that came to mind was I love a Halloween manicure or, you know, doing my nails in something that's a little different. It's funny. Megan and I have been working with Olive and June on and off as a sponsor. It's no no secret. So I've been playing. I've been painting my nails a lot more in the last like year and a half. But before that, I I usually didn't have nail polish on. It was like uh, two or three times a year. But Halloween was one of those times. And I had I would do black or I would do like a a orange, or I might like do something a little bit different, a sparkle or something. So a a Halloween, like at home, Manny, and then same with like hair and makeup. I don't dress up in costume. I think it's awesome if you do, but it's just not ever been something I've enjoyed as an adult dressing up in costume. But I do think it's an excuse to wear something that feels a little like flashy or festive. So I love eye makeup and I love hair and makeup in general. I think it comes from my dance and theatrical days. So I might do like a little winged black eyeliner or like a bright lipstick um, or I don't know, just do something a little bit different, wear all black and like a funky sweater. So that sounds silly maybe, but I enjoy the the personal style part of Halloween and feeling like that is my dressing up so that I, I wouldn't have called it a tradition. But looking back, I did that stuff even when I was like a tired, overwhelmed relatively new mom of little kids. I always felt like it was, I deserved to like put a little thought into my outfit too. Um, and then I was going to say the children's books that I mentioned earlier, that's really now my tradition because nobody's reading picture books in this house. So even though it started as 
a family tradition, I think I will always have picture books out at the holidays and getting them out and putting them on a tray on like the ottoman that has really become about about me. I'm realizing and that's kind of like that's that's okay. I love that. I I really love that. We also have a collection of like fall books and Christmas books that come out. And yeah, I don't I don't see getting rid of those as yeah. my kids get older. Yeah, no. I use them as like decor. Yeah. They're like out and and they they go along with the theme. Yeah. Um I love that. It's funny though. I I grew up doing dance and I think that's why I do like dressing up mm-hmm. <laughs> for Halloween. Yeah. Um I yeah, I I love a good theme and I love dressing up and getting a little like crazy with all of it. And I think it's cuz it is, I did do dance for yeah. a long time and honestly probably because my dance costumes were a lot of my Halloween costumes, uh-huh. but yeah, I that's funny that I, kind of opposite it might way. just be like circumstance. I was never like hanging out with a group other than that park play date that I would do with my first group of mom friends. It was like, and, and actually the moms didn't really dress up then either. It was, so it's maybe circumstantial of who I've been around and what the kind of norm was. I think it's awesome for moms to dress in costume. And I love when I see it just for me, the dressing up is looks more like theme, like theme spirit day rather than like actual costume. I, I can get behind that. Too. Okay. So what are your current Halloween plans? You said that your teenagers are kind of all over the place. <laughs> yeah. And I'll speak to that. So, so far they have not asked to go across town and I am thinking, so Halloween's on a Monday. So we will trick or treat on a Monday. That means Brian's birthday will be on a Sunday and there will be football. So he'll be happy about that. So I imagine us having a very like, fall football-y pre-Halloween weekend. And I was toying with the idea of actually giving my 14 and 12 year old the chance to invite like, I don't know, four or five, six friends over each and do kind of like a big kid themed Halloween party. Let them play some video games, like carve some pumpkins. They're, they're independent. They don't need like a lot, but they still need supervision. Let's be honest. Like I'm, you know, So, and that's kind of the problem, right? Like make keeping things fun and also like making sure that they're safe and supervised. So I thought I might throw that out there. And if that comes together, I think it might scratch the itch of feeling like they have had a big kid teen Halloween experience. And then maybe the Monday night, we really do just trick or treat as a family. I'm I'm sort of hopeful for something like that. Um, Brian's mom is going to be visiting this year, but she's here like the week before. And um, our elementary school also has a carnival the week before, and that might be when we do some kind of a pumpkin patch. So I think the way that the weekends fall, there'll be the weekend of like the 29th, 30th, but then there will also be that weekend prior, 22nd, 23rd. And my guess is that that will be, you know, pumpkin patch and um, the school carnival and all all of those things. So um, that's it. Another like fairly with the exception of a, maybe a teen and preteen party, it should be more of the same in a good way this year. Which sounds, that sounds like so much fun. I would have yeah. totally loved that as a teenager. I just remember like going to see scary movies. I don't oh, yeah. remember going to somebody's house and it'd be so fun to do like yeah. a Halloween craft as a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> I think they, they still really like crafts and things like that, or some of them do. So it's funny. They're like giant little kids and mini grownups all at the same time. So how about you guys? We we will probably do our school's trunk or treat, which will probably, I'm not entirely sure what it is, but it'll probably be like the Thursday or Friday before Halloween weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, And that 
we've gone to that. Um, my kids go to a parochial school and we go to our church's Catholic school. So um, it we've gone before our kids were at the school and now we're going as our kids are at the school. And um, it's it's a really good time for especially little kids. I really mm-hmm. like a trunk or treat for really kids like five and under mm-hmm. because they're not really trick or treating all that much. Right. They they go up to like ten cars and yeah. they're self they're contained in yeah. an area. You know it's it's great. Um, but then as your kids get older, it's fun for the older kids at the school to decorate the trunks and oh, right. hand out the candy. Yeah. Um. So that's that's a lot of fun. There's always like hot dogs and I think they did pumpkin painting last year and a couple games. Um. So it's kind of carnival esque. And then we'll, we'll go trick or treating on Monday night. And, um, last year we had some friends from school come over. And like I said, I made a big pot of gumbo and the kids, we all ate together and we had the fire pit going. Um, and then we did a couple blocks in our neighborhood trick or treating. Our neighborhood gets very fun and festive. Mm -hmm. Um, there's all like, there are treats for the adults, treats for the kids. Nice. So there's, there's, there's treats all over the place. And, um, yeah. And then w- they came back and they dumped out their candy and watched room on the broom. I love um, that. so we'll, we'll either watch room on the room or the Charlie Brown yes. great pumpkin. That's yes. always our end of the night. We're wrapping this up. I love that. Thing. There's but, also, yeah. if your kids haven't seen or that maybe they have, there's a Disney's house of villains. Do they know that one? It's like, no. Okay. It's one of the, I really, my kids love this and they still do, even though they're old. It's like a compilation. Disney has a few of these compilation. It's like a clips show where they pull in clips from various Disney things over the years, but then they kind of string it together as if it's one story. It's a little hard to explain, but I think it's called Disney's house of villains and it's loosely Halloween-y because it focuses on the villains. I'm probably not describing it very well, but my kids loved that one too. And now with Disney plus, I bet that it just is there on Halloween. So by the time the show notes are up, I will try to have a more coherent, um, like explanation and put that in the show notes too. That's another fun one. Yeah, last year we watched, um, I don't know if this was on Halloween or the day before, but we watched The Nightmare Before Christmas, which I had never seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really either. My, my kids fell in love with that movie. Okay. They thought it was so great. I, I didn't grow up watching it. Um, but another plan I just thought of that is just for me is I'm going to a girls' night party for um, the Hocus Pocus 2. Nice. A friend of mine is watching it, and we're going to make um, fall floral <laughs> arrangements. That is so just right up my alley. That is it's, perfect. It's going to be so much fun. And I am so excited. And um, I'm probably more excited about that than I am about actual Halloween. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. All right. Well, that is all I have for you. And I'm just so excited that we got to talk about all of this. And now I'm actually excited for it to be October and to get all of our Halloween decorations out and get underway. I know. So thanks for having me and uh, letting me interview you. Yeah, it's really fun to switch around the switch the table or the chairs or whatever we're switching. Um, I loved answering your questions and it's it's fun for me to reflect back um, on kind of the years leading up to these bigger kid years. So this was super fun. And listeners, after the break, you will hear my conversation with Diane Bowden, who hosts the Minimalist Moms podcast. And um, I think it's a great compliment to some of this that we've been talking about, Joanna. Um, she tends to be really intentional with things like 
just keeping things about nature and the seasons. And it's not that she and her kids don't make Halloween fun, but she comes at it with that more like simple living minimalist point of view, which I think um, there's room for all of it. So stick around and you'll hear me chat with Diane next. And Joanna, this was really fun. Thanks for being here. Thank you. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Hi, Diane. Welcome to the mom hour. Hey there. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So excited to dig into Halloween today and specifically around doing a little less or clarifying what this celebration means for each mom's individual family, Mm -hmm. doing maybe a little bit more intentionality around um, celebrating this holiday and and really all the holidays. And I want to start with your approach to quote unquote minimalism um, and Mm -hmm. living a little more simply with kids. What I love is it seems like it's not one size fits all. So you're you're really about moms finding whatever their own path is to a little less clutter, a little less busyness. But then these seasonal holidays, I would imagine, really highlight those differences because I could see how for one family, 
minimalism might look like this more around the schedule and the calendar, like not over committing and not get too busy. And for another family, mm-hmm. it might be more about like junk and plastic and like, and that kind of like the excess stuff. So mm-hmm. maybe we could start with just a few examples of what minimalism and simplicity and intentional living, what kind of goals might different moms have around those ideals as we think about Halloween? Yes. And like you said, my desire with what I like to tell women and what I like to tell them on my show for listeners that listen to the Minimalist Moms podcast is that my goal is to get rid of what's superfluous so that you can make space for what actually matters. And so again, that is going to look different for every single family. So I would say in regards to all of these things that we feel like we have to take on, I think you have to get really clear on what the vision for the season looks like for you. And I always like to challenge myself. If I were to step back and not have social media, what would I want to include on that list? Because I know for a fact, again, it would include the pumpkin patches and the apple picking, but would I be so attached to all of these, just all the little crafts that we can do? It does feel for me, at least I'm crafty and I'm creative, but I'm not someone that has to do all those little things to make it a fun festive season. So again, if you're going to have several kids, obviously I like to take all of their opinions into consideration. So I might say, Hey, Charlotte, what would you like to do this harvest Halloween season and make sure we hit each of my kids, something that stands out for them. Uh-huh. I love that. Yeah. Um, what other questions can moms ask themselves? What else can we reflect on at the beginning of October? I think that Pinterest and Instagram really do play up our insecurities or things that we feel inadequate about, especially this time of year. Maybe it's because I have such a pull to this time of year because here in Ohio, it's, it's just incredibly beautiful with the seasons changing. So I Mm -hmm. feel like this season I want to make extra special. But again, my biggest question I ask myself is if I did not have this thing in my hand driving me, what would I want most for my family? Mm -hmm. maybe look at your schedule and see, am I already taking on too much this season? Because if so, I may not need to do as many things as I did last season. And then vice versa, maybe you didn't do as many things last year, especially the past few years, we've had um, limited opportunities to do the things that we want to do. So fill up your schedule a little bit more, but make it slow so that you don't feel overwhelmed. I also think it's easy as your kids are getting older to get very excited about whatever they're ready for next. Mm -hmm. I mean, like a whole year goes between seasons and like last year you had an infant at the pumpkin patch and this year Mm -hmm. you have a walker and then the next year you have a preschooler. So it is really tempting to add things in because you get excited that the kids will be ready to go trick or treating this year or finally tall enough to ride the ride. And I always think that starting with looking at the calendar. And like you said, if I didn't have, if I didn't know all of the possibilities of ways Mm -hmm. moms could celebrate Halloween, what would I start with? I love that. I think looking back to my own childhood, my mom had so fewer ways to compare herself to what was going on at that time. And I have such fond memories of that time of my life. And that's why I want it to be so special for my kids. So oftentimes, even within my minimalist pursuits. I'll look to the past to see how people were living and thriving. And it was with so much less. So that's helpful for me. And then I did want to say one last thing I forgot to mention is that in this season of time, I am a photographer. So I love to take pictures, but in the moment when I'm at the pumpkin patch, when I'm at apple picking, whenever I'm doing whatever it is that I'm doing, I will take the pictures, but 
keep the posting for the end of the day after my kids are asleep. And then I go through the pictures, heart my favorite, and then delete everything that's not my favorite. That way you don't have digital clutter that's building up. And then you can post those photos, but it keeps you present in the moment, which is, I think, how we also enjoy the season. I think that is such a good hack. And the digital clutter, the digital photo clutter gets really out of hand this time Mm -hmm. of year, especially and heading into um, the holidays later in the season. So I love that. Let's talk specifically about um, sustainability and sort of the acquisition of stuff during Halloween. Do you have any tips for those who really um, aren't looking to acquire a whole bunch of, I don't know, plastic party mm-hmm. favors and extra costumes and mm-hmm. all the things during this season? I have for what, eight, almost eight years now, purchased my daughter and my kids, my sons, uh, costumes on Facebook marketplace. And it, at this time of year, honestly, it kind of starts at the beginning of August. You'll start to notice that on Facebook marketplace, people are starting to put their costumes up. And I mean, I spend I spend nowhere near what you would spend at Target or just the Halloween store. And I find it, it's really helpful too, because I don't know, I guess my kids aren't huge into playing dress up. So maybe if your kids are really into playing dress up, they might want to get more use for their costumes, which is great too. I mean, I, I, if you're going to use something, use it up, but I find secondhand costumes are really uh, beneficial for us. And then we, if they aren't going to play with it, we sell them next year, or we might sell them right after the holiday season. You could also DIY. Uh, if you go on Pinterest or on Google, there's tons of different options of what your kiddos could be that you might have lying around your house or that you could use um, like recycled materials or whatnot. So I think that there's a lot of creativity that could be here. Maybe not um, everyone, again, is into this and you want to go spend um, your money at Target. Totally fine. I would just look for other areas that you can simplify and be more sustainable in this area, whether it's just decorating with pumpkins, local pumpkins or local gourds or, or any opportunity to bring nature in is mm-hmm. great in my book. I love that. Well, here in Southern California, our, our October nature does not look quite like <laughs> what the magazines tell us we should be decorating mm-hmm. with. But even here, there are branches and there are, um, I mean, there is absolutely signs of changing seasons. It's just a little mm-hmm. bit different though. I love that tip. I think don't feel like you have to do everything sustainable either, because Mm -hmm. there's that famous zero waste quote that we don't need a thousand people doing zero waste perfectly. We need a million people doing it imperfectly. And it's the same with sustain, like any type of sustainability or anything, like just make a little bit of effort and it doesn't have to be perfect. But if all of us are uniting and doing a little bit, then it makes a huge impact. Yeah. Something that I have noticed is I can be very easily drawn into like the dollar section at Target or Mm -hmm. some cute, like cute display at a local store um, before I have hauled out our existing um, fall and Halloween bins that have, they've got some decor and they've got some, they might have like a candy bucket or some things. And I will forget what we already have and get Mm -hmm. very easily drawn into what's new this season. So I think another way Two is just to be really um, clear about what you already own um, and get it out and maybe even, you know, use it or live with it for a bit before heading out to purchase something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Do that inventory. And also, I know that when my grandma was still around, she had some really cool vintage 
Halloween decorations. So maybe that's something that you could reconnect with a family member. And if they're looking to get rid of anything, you could bring it in. I don't know. Maybe that's my vintage side that loves the look of all of that. But there are definitely opportunities where you can reuse and and seek out things that aren't brand new or that won't um, won't fall apart within the next couple of years, you know? Yep, absolutely. What about simplifying the family schedule during this harvest season? And I would include in that just kind of like the rhythm of family life. The days are getting shorter. There are still, you know, there's still bedtimes. Um, kids are in school. Do you have any tips for simplifying or keeping simple the family schedule? So I was thinking about this and I would say that this is actually the time of year that we are probably most uh, unsimplified or whatever the word would be. Because again, I love it here in Ohio. There's so much to do and I, I do love the changing of seasons. So I think for this time of year, I feel like I might keep the kids up a little bit later to have a spooky movie night or we might be out a little bit later in in nature. So um, for us, it might be a little bit more busy, but I think keeping it simple again is not feeling like you have to do everything. I, sorry to be redundant, but it's just something that I think we feel like we have to because everyone else is doing so. Yeah, totally. Um, So you've mentioned nature a couple of times, and I can tell that you love that aspect of the changing seasons where you live. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that and about getting kids outside and into nature and how that even ties into harvest season and Halloween? I think a lot of us think of summer, spring and summer as the time to get kids outside. So Mm -hmm. how does that look for you? And how does that like, I guess, fit with a more minimalist lifestyle in your opinion this time of year? Sure. So I would say we like to get a lot of books from the library at this time of year that have to do with what's happening outside, the changing of seasons, the changing of stars. So it's just things like that, that you can grab a book from the library and then you can actually go out into nature and experience it. Or you could print off a nature scavenger hunt that has specific autumn things to search for. So we're definitely out, like I said, a lot more, I feel like even in the fall and winter than we are in the summer here. But I will say that Focusing less on consumerism during this time of year it can be hard to do because those target dollar bins are very um, mm-hmm. eye appealing. But one thing that I like to do in our house is have a Halloween playlist playing in the background. And it's just this like fun little vibe that sometimes a dance party will just break out in the middle of nowhere because we just have it on. And I don't know, I just, I like the environment, the ambiance that it creates here. But also, one of the, my favorite things to do is to just have a movie watching tradition with my kiddos. I do that also with my group of little, or my group of best friends. We'll get together once a year and have a girls' night where um, we have witches brew wine and, and chili and just uh, girl talk and watch a movie together. Just focus on the things that you can add in and don't focus so much on the things that you're missing out on or that you feel like you're losing. Because at this point, for me, it it's not so difficult to go to Target and walk past those things. But I've been practicing this for a while. So I think if you focus on the benefits and the things that you're adding in, it makes it a lot easier to say no to consumerism. Yeah. And and it sounds like you're talking about the experience, um, like the things we get out of the experience versus mm-hmm. the stuff, which that's like, that's probably minimalism 101. So great reminder. Mm-hmm. How old are your kids and how will your family be celebrating this year? So my daughter is eight and then I have a five-year-old son and an almost three-year-old son. So we are going to be doing the trick-or-treat thing. Usually my husband takes the kiddos and I'll stay here with the candy at the house. But 
yeah, I mean, I just trick or treat on an actual Halloween and just trying to do as many festive things um, as they want to, want us to do. And like I said, this is more of a busy time of year for us because I love it so much, but that is what works for our family. And um, I hope that this gave some encouragement to others that you don't have to, your, your schedule doesn't have to look like ours and, and that's okay yeah. too. I love that. Um, well, let everybody know where to find you online and, and a little bit about your podcast and your book so people can check you out. Yeah. So I am the host of the Minimalist Moms podcast, and that's at Minimalist Moms podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And then the book is Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity that came out, I believe, in March of 2021. So yeah, my whole goal is to simplify not just your home and your possessions, but your mindset and your schedule and all of the things. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually more so into the mindset and the schedule at this point, because I feel like we have a pretty good grasp on possession. So that's kind of where I've been centering a lot of my uh, content, if you will, for the last few months. I love that. Well, and I got to be a guest on your show um, yeah. just about a month ago for back to school. So we can mm-hmm. link that up in the show notes. And um, yeah, I will be living vicariously through your autumn Midwest photos while it's like 90 degrees here. <laughs> Thanks for being on the Mom Hour, Diana. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, great to talk to you too. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits in self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K E R I K A dot A P P and use code the mom hour to save 20%. The mom hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.